0: Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. And today is February 15th, 2023. We continue our series for the year, Words for Life. And today's word for us is Decisions. Decisions. You know, have you ever had to say to yourself, I shouldn't have done that? Or, yes, of course I know that. And it's about something that you did anyway. Maybe our real question should be, if I knew it, then why did I do it? Today we're talking about decisions. And we definitely stand at a point of decisions. Decisions in our nation, decisions about our life. We're going to see what the scripture has and what the Holy Spirit has to say to us today about this. We're going to look at three passages. The first one will be in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. It reads, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments. That you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if you turn your hearts away so that you do not hear, and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Now, when I originally did this message, and as I prepared, I found it incredibly hard to to prepare my notes for such a talk about decisions with these scripture passages. No, why is it so hard? Why can't I do it like any other passage? I think it's because to me, this is so clear cut, so cut and dry. And I find myself thinking, what can I add to what God has already said? This is so clear. How can I expand upon something? That's obvious, but I know it's not obvious to everybody, but it's, it's obvious to me. And the more obvious something is, the harder it is to expand upon because it just reads what it reads. But I'm going to try today because Deuteronomy is so clear because God said, I'm giving you a choice. I'm going to set before you life and death. Which do you choose? To me, that's obvious. Of course, everyone wants to choose life. That's obvious. But just like I said, have you ever done something and you go, man, I shouldn't have done that? You ever had someone say, didn't you know this? And you go, well, yes, I know this. Or yes, I know that. But you're saying that because you just did something like you didn't know. See, we've all been in that situation. We were all faced with the decision of life and death, and we chose death. That's not what we wanted, but we chose it, and it. One that later on, and later on, we we ponder. I want to say later on in life. Sometimes it's not like it's years. Sometimes it's it's minutes, but we we ponder this. We go, why did I do that? And I could get into the typical theological response where I put my academia on and we pull out our theological text and we go, well, it is the sin nature in man. And yes, that is that. It's because we're imperfect. We have a sin nature and it makes us do bad things. But I want us to look at what God has put before us. Because when God put this before us, he's not sitting there debating Our sin natures. He's not. He's going to listen. I'm going to put this choice before you. So he gives us a choice. We're not programmed. I know there's some people that think that we're, you know, God has determined what we're going to do and there's nothing we can do about it. Um, But what sort of a sick joke is it for God to determine what we're going to do and then give us a choice knowing good and well that we can't pick what he's given us. Uh, that makes no sense, especially when God says, I'll give you everything you need. And so he's giving us a choice. And then he not only gives us a choice, but he tells us the consequences of that choice. In other words, he even tells us, if you choose this one, this is what happens. If you choose this one, this is what happens. He even gives us the consequences. And notice that he says, if you turn, if your heart turns away. So that you do not hear and are drawn away. Um, I think in essence, when we we look at this and we're going to talk about decisions today. I think we need to look at the heart. I think we need to look at our heart. Because God says in in verse 19, he calls heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. That he has set life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore choose life. He even tells us what to choose. But notice that he's... He says, heaven and earth is going to be witness to you. In other words, we're not going to be able to stand before him someday and go, well, I didn't really understand the decision. You didn't really give me a choice, Lord. You didn't. No, he says the heaven and earth is going to be a witness that no, they were there. You were given a choice and God even told you what to choose and what the consequences were. They're here. And of course, ultimately, what is that choice? We're talking about life and death, blessing and cursing. It's about, are we going to follow the Lord? Are we going to love the Lord? Are we going to obey his boy, voice? Or are we going to turn away? Are we going to go into the consequences of what it means to be pulled away from the Lord? I want to look at another scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to a spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. And for where there is envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who then is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. Now I teach this passage a lot, I think in the last year plus in these podcasts, this scripture has been covered uh, a couple of times, and so I don't want to rehash old teachings. But we're talking about decisions here, and we're talking about matters of the heart, and why do we do these things? Why do we do these things? And I'm speaking to you and myself as believers. If, if you don't know Jesus Christ and you listen to this podcast, um, it, it's hard for you to understand what we're saying because you, you're, not, you're not saved. You lack the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to give your life to the Lord. So that he can fill you with his spirit and bring understanding to you. But for those of us that are believers, you know, we sometimes do the exact same stupid things. And why is that? Well, this passage tells us. It says that he could not speak to us as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. In other words, we're babies. We're immature. We're not spiritually capable of handling certain things. Now, when we talk about decisions, most of us know, especially if we've had children, we've raised children, we understand that children think they can decide things, but they can't. They lack the ability to make certain decisions. And as a point of growth and development with them, we as parents present them with choices, and they make mistakes, but they learn how to make correct decisions. Because to a child's mind, you throw out something and he he just... His little mind is shooting off in all sorts of imaginative, non-real, non-reality sort of ideas and things. And then he makes a choice and it it burns him and it burns him bad. And, and they're like sitting there because it's really... As far as their mind developing, they cannot see all the consequences. They, they can't see. All they can see is, you know, if we're using imagery, you know, they're, they're seeing unicorns and flowers and bunnies and chocolates and, 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 you know, everything that makes the world wonderful and nice. And they don't understand there are some choices you can make that have terrible consequences. There are decisions that we can make that can hurt us. And so... Babies can't make these types of decisions. That's why they need a parent. You know, the Lord in Deuteronomy, He lays down a choice for us the same way as a parent lays down a choice. And He's even telling us the consequences and He's even telling us what we should choose. But oftentimes we like babies. I know I've had little ones. I've presented them with a choice and really told them what they need to choose. And it breaks my heart when they don't. And then when they get what they wanted, usually. That type of choice is, do you want this for dessert or this for dessert? Do you want to wear this? or You know, something really, you know, it's not going to hurt them or something. And then they make it, and then they act happy at first because I got what they chose. But then later, those smiles disappear because it really wasn't what they wanted. It, it really wasn't as satisfying as they thought it was going to be. You know, I bring up the choice about desserts. I can remember once. Being out somewhere and really, you know, instructing my son, you really want to get this, that, because it's better. No, no, I want this, I want this. And then when we were brought out the meal and he, he'd choice, and he saw what the other choice was, and those people had it and how much more food it was, and 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 how much better it was, and then his was sort of small and and not really that tasty, and 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 you could see in his eyes, he, he looks around, going, I wish I'd made the other choice. Now, that's a good learning lesson for him, but it's a sad one. As a parent, it's a sad one. And God, like that, he is our father. His heart breaks when we choose the wrong thing. He wants us. He's telling us, you need to choose life. You need to choose me. You need to seek me with all your heart because he knows what the consequences are. But he's still offering this to us. And just like Corinthians says, he's talking about those baby things, but notice that immediately he gets into um, the evidence that we're babies because he talks about carnality, their strife and divisions, behaving like mere men. And he says, I am of Apollos, I am of Paul, uh, these, these divisions. And you see, as, as believers, as Christians, we see these sort of bad decisions come in And how we act and what our excuses are. Remember, God says that heaven and earth is a witness against us. We make excuses for why we did what we did. We try to justify our bad decisions. As opposed to just saying, that was a bad decision. See, if we were to learn from it, we go, man, that was a bad decision. I don't ever want to do that again. We humble ourselves before the Lord. We go back to him. and, And we learn and grow from that. We mature. But oftentimes, our pride gets in the way. That flesh, that's called carnality. That's what immaturity and babies carry gets in the way. And we begin making excuses. And you see here when he said, I'm of Paul, I'm of Ap- Apollos. We do the same thing. We, we go, well, I'm a Baptist and we don't think like that. I'm a Methodist. We don't think like that I'm Pentecostal. We don't do those sort of things. We don't, and we're using it to justify some action that we're doing and why it's justifiably okay. And we lean back to our, our heritage or our leaders. Well, so-and-so said that was okay. So-and-so said, as opposed to maybe saying, I'm trying to follow the Lord. We we rely on these, I don't want to just pick on denominations, but we, we pick up some excuse to do what we do. We, we, we take liberties for example there are some denominations they'll they'll give out wine at communion and they don't have any issues with alcohol and you'll be out with a Christian and 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 you're getting drunk and another Christian says this is a sin drunkenness is a sin and you revert back to well my denomination says it's okay you know chances are your denomination doesn't think drunkenness is okay we in other words we you know and I'm just using this as an example I don't don't get so literal with me but we 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 tend to want to find some part of spiritual authority that will okay our sinful fleshly desires and why are these decisions are good things i've seen so many christians um that are going through marital issues try to blame their pastor well he married me therefore it's his fault i'm in i'm in this trouble with this marriage he he should have stopped me from marrying this woman Which is funny because if you ever had a pastor that said, I won't marry you because this person isn't for you, you turn around and quote the scripture about you shouldn't forbid to marry your cult. Uh, You you understand what I'm saying? It's just the flesh twists things so you can justify your sinful actions. And I see that a lot in in, in marriages that are hurting uh, and in relationships that are hurting. You, You attempt to use Spiritual authorities as an issue on why you're in trouble, why it's not really your fault, it's someone else's fault. And Paul says that that's carnality, that's being an immature baby. And God has called us to something better than that. We need to choose Him. We need to choose life. We need to to grow up in our faith. Now let's look at one last scripture, Matthew chapter five, verses twenty-one through thirty-seven. Now this is a pretty long, chunky bit. I try to keep my passages somewhat short for a podcast, so please bear with me as we go through this. But Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 37, says, Jesus is speaking, he says, You have heard that it is said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it is said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks on a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you than one of your members perish, than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you than one of your members perish, then your whole body be cast into hell. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him get a certificate of divorce. But I say that whoever divorces his wife for any reason, except sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it is said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven For it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one of your hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Yes, I know that passage was a little long. And you may be saying, what does this have to do about decisions? What does this have to do about maturity? There was a lot of you shall nots and if you think things. But again, let's back up. Let's look at the Spirit. What is God speaking? What is the Spirit speaking about decisions today? Notice on you shall not commit murder. And he, and he talks about, well, if you're angry, if you have a hatred in your heart, it's, it's like murder. See, these are matters of heart. You know, the, the, the don't commit adultery. But if you're looking at a woman lust, see, these are hard issues. Our decisions don't begin with our actions. Our decisions begin with our thoughts. Our sinful actions begin with sinful thoughts. And this is where maturity and immaturity come into play. We 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 play with thoughts. We we get angry and we don't forgive. We um you know, we, 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 we lust and we think, well, I can just play with that in my mind and it won't affect anybody. We we do these things and we don't understand that we're allowing this, this, this sin, this evil decision to take root inside of us. Even the part about having a disagreement with your brother and says, if you're on your way to court with your adversary, you should try to make peace, come to reconciliation. Because if you don't, you're going to get there and the judge could go against you and you'd be, you'd be thrown into prison. You no. Know, why, why would you not make, make peace? Because you're too busy making excuses. Well, Paula said this, Paul says this, you know, my church says this, this says this. And, and again, This isn't about what they really say. This is about excuses to justify a wrong decision. And and when you make a wrong decision, it's a wrong decision. You know, in the case of a judge going before court, your wrong decision could have vast penalties. And you need to make that right before you get there. So so many of these, when you go through and I looked at why a passage is this long. Can I just use one or two examples? Sometimes we need it. You shall not swear falsely. You shall perform oaths to the Lord. You, you, know, you know, why is that? Why let your yes be yes, your no be no? You know, why is it Again, this is the type of decisions. When we're making, when we're swearing falsely, you know, when we go, oh, I swear to God, I didn't do it. When we're doing that, and again, it's falling back to the same thing of what I'm trying to justify my actions, my decisions. Whereas in if your yes is yes and your no is no, you're just stating very plainly. You're being There's a maturity factor that goes into it where I stand by my decision. And if my decision is wrong, then I humble myself and I deal with it. We, we are living in such a time where people are, are, are so hungry. They're making, they're searching for so many things. We see, we see people talking about a revival possibly at Asbury. It's breaking out. And what I have to say has nothing to do about whether there is or there is not a revival at Asbury. The, 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 the point is, do you want to make a decision today to seek the Lord? We don't have to run all over the nation to have revival, to have Jesus come to us. That decision is before us now. God has placed the decision to seek him with our heart before us now and today. Today is that day. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today that you've called us to make decisions, God. That you've put life and death before us, blessing and cursing before us. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name for those that are listening, God they're faced with decisions. Lord, I pray that you would soften their hearts. That you would touch their ears so they would be able to hear your voice speaking to them and they'd hear your leading. That God that their, their their pride and flesh wouldn't get in the way of them responding to your spirit, God. Lord, you are guiding us. You're even telling us which which good thing to pick. You are there doing that. Father, I pray that we would not be led astray by our pride, by our flesh, God that we wouldn't make excuses, God, but that we would choose you. We would choose life, that we would choose your blessings, God. The Father, that we would seek you with our whole heart, God, so that we could move into the plan and purposes that you have for us, God, that we would be free from bondages, God, and we would live out in the freedom that you've provided for us through your Son. Lord, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast on Christian Impact with our series Words for Life. You can check out more of our podcast and our teaching at our website, www.christianimpact.net. And until next time, God bless.